0: I can't lie I've been on a mission To make every single doubter Eat their words up in their kitchen Yeah, my vision is to get it while I'm living I'll keep winning Legendary comeback, ACL incision, yeah I've been doing great,
1: I guess I can't complain I don't think by yesterday And Baseball, Where, where's the news? What's happening? It's like January Free training's like, like a month away Chris, what's going on? The Marlins, the Marlins are the big spenders this week I don't know. I don't know what's happening. It's, uh, yeah, uh,
2: yeah it, it certainly seems like we, based on how this week has gone, we're hours away from the Marlins somehow signing Justin Upton and Chris Davis.
1: <laughs> That's the kind of week it's been. I'm Mike Oz, by the way. And I'm Chris Swick. This is the Stew Pod. Thanks for joining us. This is the Yahoo Sports Baseball Podcast. Uh, this week on the show, despite the lack of baseball news this week, we are happy to have Marcus Stroman joining us so we can talk about all kinds of fun stuff with him, but... Um, as it stands right now, we're just on sort of the news of the week, uh, you know, Wei Yen Chen signed with the Marlins. Um, D Gordon signed his contract. I mean, those are kind of like two of the big transaction stories of the week. Uh, Marcus Stroman wrapped, which I like. We'll talk to him a lot about that. Uh, another story I like this week was the Fangraphs put out its its win loss projections for the season, which I think got people talking a little bit. The uh, the Cubs were the best team according to that. To their uh, their projections, their their rankings, however you want, however they do it, uh, the Royals were not making the playoffs, not even finishing five hundred. The, the Red Sox are the best team in the AL East, second best team in baseball. Chris, you used to you used to write stuff over there, man. Like, what, what's your take on uh, what your Fangraph folks are saying?
2: Am I allowed to get super nerdy, or?
1: Um, you do whatever you want, man. I mean, I'll just <laughs> if you do, I'm just going to turn around and go do something else. But yeah,
2: right, right. Uh, I feel like I probably won't make the mistake I made last year and picked the Royals to finish fourth in that division again, um, based on the projections. And if I you'll allow me to get nerdy for a second, I think one of the reasons the projections struggle with teams like the Royals is that it's hard. They have a hard time quantifying excellent relief pitching. As far as I'm
1: concerned, Chris, you're nerdy 24 hours a day,
2: man. So a team like the Royals is probably underrated based on, on that type of stuff, and until the projections are changed to maybe weigh relief pitching a little more, I think teams like the Royals will always be underrated. Well, but uh, you know, on the same note, the Yankees—I mean, they look pretty good in the projections, and, and they have, as we know, that excellent core of relievers. So maybe I'm just saying things.
1: I I just know that I'm picking the Royals this year, 162 and 0 because that's that's pretty much the only way to escape the wrath of the royal fan which is strong these days folks the wrath of the royals fan
2: but i will say like it's, it's easy to get worked up over the projections when you see them but like don't take them all that seriously people come on yeah it's january there's still a lot of talent on the free agent market these things are gonna change it's, Try not to freak
1: out. It's mostly just to drive discussion and get people talking. I feel I feel like to me, I mean that that's the purpose of it to me. Like I don't look at it and be like, Oh, this is what's gonna happen this year. It's like, no, that's just something to talk about. Just like when they put out World Series odds or
2: right.
1: you know projections or predictions or whatever it is. I mean, it's just it's just something to talk about. Like it doesn't mean that any whether it's me or you or a computer or whatever they don't hate your team man don't worry they don't hate your team they just
2: I actually I hate all 30
1: teams. Oh well, you. But but you don't know, specifically hate just their team. Like just the one person's team. Like a lot oh, of people gosh. think that No, I do. I do actually. No, but just that team. Your hate your hate is distributed evenly. Right.
2: Well, now, now I want to change my mind. I specifically hate the team you root for.
1: <laughs> you know who you don't hate though. You don't you don't hate A Rod Corp. That's another big thing of this oh, week that we no, should we should no, talk no, about. A-Rod Corp. If you're not familiar with A Rod Corp. A Rod posted a picture of himself on on uh, on Twitter at his office at A Rod Corp. Looking at his computer screen with some signed or baseballs he needs to sign and calendars on the wall, pictures of his daughters. It's, it's 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 fantastic uh, fodder for like fan fiction. Like I could just, I could just spend a year writing A Rod fan fiction about what happens at A Rod Corp. Like just imagining it, like like The Office but with A Rod in it. Like I could just I could just write a whole like I don't know series will of books.
2: Say, I I'll give you a rare compliment. I thought your your tweet. Of uh, the picture of A Rod at his desk, and then right underneath it, the picture of Michael Scott from The Office. I thought that was just <laughs> great. That was really good content. Thank you,
1: thank you. But I mean, somebody should somebody should make the series, man. Somebody should just yes. do, yeah, yeah. A Rod, in the Office.
2: And I mean, I don't, I don't know how much more I want to talk about it because I have about. Five hundred resumes out to A Rod Corp right now. So (laughs) I just I don't want you to be upset.
1: Applying for every position. Like do you need (laughs) do you need someone to work in the cafe? Do you need someone in the mailroom? Do you need someone to be the valet? Chris, you would be the valet at A Rod Corp. That's what you would do.
2: I've I've even applied to uh, Polish Springs to deliver the the water jugs just so I can (laughs) get inside the company.
1: What to (laughs) what to save more? Let's save more A Rod Corp talk for important questions later on wonderful all right so we got uh we got an interview with marcus stroman coming up where he uh talks about you know his 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 season last year which was a crazy one you know he hurt himself in spring training went back to school got his degree came back pitched in the playoffs um he talked about his uh his foray into rap this week which uh we wrote about on the stew, and it was pretty cool uh he talked about if he could beat his dad in arm wrestling which i think is funny um what, what else? While, while playing golf. Yeah, yeah, he was playing golf the whole time, so that's fun. Um, he is a man of of many talents. Like he, he he is able to juggle an interview and playing golf with the same ability that he is able to ch- uh, to juggle school and you know being a professional baseball player. Yeah, he was really great. I could have said that way better. Like I struggled. The that's idea okay. was in my head, man, but getting it to come out properly. You know who doesn't struggle? Marcus Stroman. (laughs) Yeah, Marcus Stroman would just nail it. So uh, let's talk to him. We got Bad News Ramen joining us, and we got some important questions coming up later in the show. So thanks for uh, checking us out. This is the Stew Pod on Yahoo Sports. Everything
0: I see up in my head just comes to life. Got my day ones rolling around with me on every single flight. Yeah, that's right, that's my life. everyone that's with
1: me made it Welcome back to the stew Pod, everybody. We are very grateful today to have a guest amongst us from uh, M O B. And to be honest, he's one of the guys we've wanted to have on the podcast now for I, I would say at least six months, Chris. I mean it's gotta be uh, we're watching his tweets, like man, we got to get Marcus Stroman on the podcast, and and uh, finally here he is today. Marcus, how's it going?
0: Good, good. Thank you guys for having me.
1: Yeah. So uh, I, I saw from your from your tweets that you're out playing golf. What's a what's a what's a typical day of, of Marcus Stroman like today?
0: Um, get up, man. Work out. Uh, right now, just just working out either once or twice a day, and just kind of chilling with the boys. Just out of here with uh, going around
1: golf right now just us one one of the reasons that I, I was uh were interested in you and wanted to have in the podcast like i love your personality i think that in baseball there's you know sort of a lack of personality with some players um but i agree. i think you bring it either way whether it's you know just you as like on social media or you kind of getting fired up on the field or whatever is that something that you um like make a point to do or is that just kind of who you are
0: that's just who i am man to be honest with you uh I try and just promote my my myself on there. It's exactly how I am. I don't try to be different um, when handing me my social media accounts. So that's just me just having fun with it, man, and enjoying it. Marcus, I wanted to ask a little bit about last season. You know, the the early
2: injury was kind of a disappointment for a lot of people who wanted to see you all season, but you kind of turned into a positive. You you went back to school. You got your degree, which was pretty awesome. Um, but I remember following you on Twitter and seeing you tweet about watching games while in class. Uh you know, what was that like? I mean, was there frustration that you couldn't be with the team or were you just really excited to see them play so well while you were while you were out?
0: Um, I'd say it was a little definitely more a little bit of frustration. Um it was hard to it was definitely hard to, to watch them and all the success they were having kinda when I had was away from it when I knew I was supposed to be a part of it. So that was the hardest part I dealt with and I actually I didn't watch every game. I kind of picked and chose which games I watched, and uh, I kind of put a push and uh, on myself to make it back just so I can be a part of something special.
1: I love that you went back to school. I think that was a great that was a great thing. I'm curious though, like, like when did that become an option? Like, what part of the process? Because I'm sure there's sort of some, you know, a little bit of like you said, like being frustrated, being sad. Like, at what point did it dawn on you, like, hey, I could, okay, I could go back to school.
0: Honestly, man, it happened. It happened in the doctor's office when he told me. I told my ACL um, right after he told me. I just kind of had a moment, called my parents, called my family, and ended up calling my mom back uh, right after I talked to her a couple minutes ago, and I told her to let's kind of just start getting the process of going back to Duke and um, going. And she got right on it, and we were able to make it happen with uh, the doctors that that were also on retainer with the Blue Jays. It kind of worked out perfectly, man, and um, everything went really smoothly.
1: What kind of feedback have you gotten from that? I mean, I think it's a story that, you know, can resonate with, with kids and, and, you know, with people maybe they're just focused on, like, I'm just going to go be a star athlete and that's it. Uh, have you gotten a lot of feedback because of that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Everyone loves it, like you said, because uh, in our sport, it, it's tough because a lot a lot of people don't, don't have degrees just because of the opportunities that they were presented with at a young age that were hard to say no to. So um, just being able to go back and finish up, I feel like it's something that a lot of people respect because of the importance of education and, and all that. So um, that was my importance all growing up that my parents pushed on me. So it was definitely uh, definitely something I wanted to So as we know now,
2: you were able to return at the end of the season, pitched in the playoffs and during the Blue Jays, kind of excellent run there. Now, going into this season, uh, you know what are your personal expectations? I mean, a lot of people last year were projecting really big things for you. Um, so, you know, how do you how do you manage that, and what do you expect
0: out of yourself? I always put pretty big expectations on myself, and I have pretty high goals that I don't usually, um, that I usually don't express out loud, but I, I put very high expectations, and no one no one's harder on themselves than, than I am on myself. So I, I, I want to have a big year. I'm doing everything in my power to have a big year and put my body in position to do so, and I've worked harder this entire past year and this offseason than I ever had, just because... I had to deal with the ACL injury, um, so I I had to kind of, you know what I mean, go through that whole thing, so my body is in the best shape it's ever been in.
1: I, I was writing something about you today, actually, and I, I called you the ace to be. Are you are you ready to be the ace?
0: Absolutely, I'm ready, 100%. Um, that's why I work as hard as I do, that's why I do everything. Um, <clears throat> that's kind of what I've wanted to be my entire life, so... The fact that I have the potential to step in to be this year is exactly what I want. And um, I feel like it's something I can run with, and it's something that um, my teammates are going to be able to have confidence in me to go out there and get a W every time we're out there playing. I want to
2: put you on the spot real quick, Marcus, because I see you tweet about Aaron Sanchez a lot. There's some question over whether uh, he should be in the rotation or be a reliever. What, what's Marcus Stroman's
0: take on that? He's a starter. and He's a good starter. <laughs> I mean, I can't put into words what we've been doing this offseason as far as training, but we've done everything in our power to prepare ourselves for this upcoming year. And that's first to start, um, including him, in, in both roles. So um, he's ready to start. Um, our plan is to, to go, our, our mentality is to go nine innings every five days. And that's how we've been preparing this off offseason. So I hope he has the opportunity to start, and I think he has a very good opportunity to be dominant as a starter.
1: I know you were really psyched when... Uh David Price came to Toronto I mean everybody knew you made it you made it abundantly clear um uh, now that he's gone how do you how do you see your relationship with him like I imagine you guys are going to continue to be friends I've seen you kind of being like joking around with about, about people booing him and, and kind of all this stuff like is I know that he sort of has this you know camaraderie with, with other players that, that doesn't matter like what team you're on it, and sort of like this fraternity of pitchers um are you guys going to have that kind of relationship going forward you think
0: yeah, I don't think our relationship will change, to be honest with you. It's just that we're not going to be obviously around each other as much. But um he's an unbelievable guy and I look forward to using him as a mentor and as a friend and uh pretty sure we'll be friends for a while regardless of uh the different teams that we're on. It seemed like uh you know, speaking of another oh,
2: teammate who is not expected to be around, but it seemed like you had a pretty strong bond with Mark Burley the last couple seasons. Uh I think obviously we know what he was capable of doing on the field, but what are some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that maybe we don't know about where Mark Burley was
0: just kind of a huge impact on the team? Um, I mean, Mark Burley's that veteran presence, obviously. He's been through it all. He's in the big league since uh, he was 21, and he never, never got sent down. So, and he's been up there for 16 years, throwing 200-plus. So, on 200 plus, so he's,
1: the, he's the role model,
0: and he's the kind of guy who you look up to and who you aspire to be, because to go out there and throw 200, Innings for 16 years is something that's crazy to do in this game. Um, very rare that, that someone does that. So obviously he's, he's pretty, obviously he's pretty, uh, good on that part. Um, but other things like that off the field. Um, me and Mark earlier really very different. So he was often that guy who helps me kind of not get too excited, you know what I mean? Cause he's, he, he's the complete opposite of I am. So he told me kind of when I needed to pull back and when I was getting a little too much. And he was kind of that voice of reason that, that was there the entire time.
1: We, uh, we, we kind of skipped over this in the beginning when you talked about playing golf, and, and I'm reminded because I can kind of hear the, the weather out there. Um, w- what's your golf game like?
0: Well, I'm about, I'm sitting outside of a bunker right now, about like 60 yards, got a gap wedge, I'm going to try to hit it pretty close to the pin here, so we'll see.
1: So are you actually playing golf while you talk to us? Yeah, I actually am. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I got to say that's a first for, uh, for our show, so... Um, that's that's interesting, and I guess let us know, you know, how your golf game progresses as as we continue through the interview. Because I'd love to hear it.
0: My golf game is improving, man. I just hit it. I'd say like I don't know, twenty feet from the pin. I'll probably put it in this next time up.
1: <laughs> well, if we if we yeah. tend, if we're good luck for you, man, we could just keep talking the whole time.
2: <laughs> uh, so, Marcus, there was a video of you that emerged a couple weeks ago. I want to say, of of you oh, yeah. on the old Nickelodeon show, Figure It Out and yeah uh, i saw you shared that a couple times do you have any idea what you spent that gift card on i need to know and to be honest with you i
0: I really don't (laughs) um and i I think i asked my mom too after because people were asking me on twitter so i kind of asked my mom i don't think she remembered but i'm not sure man what that went on i'm probably sure probably a power ranger toy i'm sure something like that
1: i'm i guess significantly older than you guys and that i never watched that show I never even like Power Rangers. I'm sorry to say. But
0: oh, I was a big Power Ranger uh, here, man.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> <Big> Power Ranger. <laughs> Dating myself here, I guess. I was I was more of a Voltron, like Transformers. That was my era. Um, I people on the internet also love to, to marvel at how ripped your dad is. So I'm wondering <laughs> what would happen if you arm wrestled your dad. If I arm wrestled
0: my dad, would it wouldn't be close? He might break my arm. I probably, I, my my <laughs> pitching career would probably be over.
1: <laughs> like what what can what can you beat your dad in?
0: Oh, I mean, he's he's old now, so I can beat him in anything athletically. But so when it comes to lifting weights, he's got that pretty much unlocked.
1: Good to know. I mean, I, I would I would not expect you could you could beat your dad in arm wrestling, but I, at least I wanted to know. I mean, I didn't know if you had like some superpowers, you know, that that, that would be, <laughs> or if he would let you win, you know.
0: Nah, man, he I, he stopped. He's mad now. He's mad because he can't he can't compete athletically anymore. <laughs> I've Upset him a couple weeks. <laughs> couple of, i think it was a year ago like christmas time we went and played one-on-one and i i shut him out 21 nothing oh So after that after that is game over i, I didn't take it easy on
1: amazing it's gonna be me and my kids one day man i'm scared of it chris yeah you should be <laughs> I, I know uh
2: i know mike you you have some uh some questions about marcus's uh rap career
1: oh so yeah chris chris make sure you get into that chris doesn't chris doesn't talk about rap but okay marcus i got a number <laughs> of hip-hop questions First of yeah. all, I know that you, last year, you changed your number to six. And, you know, you said it was for your grandma. But I, I you, be honest with me, it was, was part of it knowing that if you wore number six in Toronto, like, because of, of Drake and all that stuff, you would have the hottest jersey around? Like, like was that part of it?
0: Yeah, that went into it. But, I mean, that wasn't the main reason. But it was kind of, that was definitely a huge plus, And I definitely thought about that. Um, but that wasn't the main reason. But that was definitely a part of it.
1: I mean, it's good marketing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I try to, you know what I mean,
0: marketing is... Uh, I took a couple marketing classes this past summer at Duke, so I'm um, just trying to just trying to do the best I could be.
1: When, I know I know a lot of the hitters last year would do the would do the six. Was was that was that the same thing? Like I, I think he said at one point it was like a, a shout out to you, but was that also kind of like hey we're gonna adopt like the Drake thing? Um,
0: say that again for the, in reference to the like, again in
1: reference to the six. Well, yeah, like Josh Donaldson would throw up the six when he hit a homer. Um, I, oh, I, yeah,
0: no, well, J.D.'s been JD's been been doing that, and I think that's kind of something I, I used to mess around with, and, and he continued to do, but I don't think that has to do with... Uh,
1: well, someone said it was a reference to you, like, it was, like, a shout-out to you because yeah, when you were yeah, injured. Yeah, yeah, because I was her, and I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's more powerful than, than even Drake, I guess. <laughs> yeah, um,
0: well, I don't know about that, but yeah.
1: <laughs> no, but I mean, like, you know, as opposed, it's not just, like, we're just doing some Drake thing, like, we actually got oh, our right, own, absolutely, you know, absolutely. our own thing going on. Um, so I, I listened to your rap yesterday. Uh, I, I, I listened to a lot of hip hop, man. I'm a big hip hop connoisseur and I will say like, I was surprised. It was, it was, it was pretty good.
0: It's not bad for the debut, right? Not bad. No, I liked it. Thank you, man.
1: How, how long have you been rapping?
0: I, I wouldn't say I'm a rapper, man. I just enjoy music. Um, and my best friend, me and Mike who raps, uh, we started just messing around with rap and music when we, when I was a freshman at Duke and he was a senior. And that's kind of how he got into it. So people don't really know that background, but that's the only reason why I got on the track with him and and did that was because of the background history.
1: Did you feel like any kind of trepidation about doing that, knowing that, okay, I'm like a star athlete now. Like if I say something the wrong way, people are going to come down on me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely, um, that definitely went through my head. Um, But something I always try to do, man, is be myself. And it's my best friend who brought me into Duke that I've been friends with for a very long time. Um, He's a very smart individual and he wanted me to get on the song and I jumped at it because of the history that we had there. So if there was any negative bad or, or anything kind of taking that, I wouldn't have done it. But um it's something that I think that was good for me and what I said was was all things that I preach in life and uh just kind of I just tried to keep it simple man.
1: Are we gonna see more, more rapping from you or is that it? I think that's it, man.
0: <laughs> it was just for that. Maybe maybe hop on a feature with him every once in
1: a while but what, actually, Drake calls you up and wants you to do? They actually get on the phone, I would say 100%. I mean, it can happen, right? I mean, you know, cra- yeah. crazier things have happened. You
0: never know. You never
2: know. So, Marcus, uh, another thing I've noticed from your, your Twitter is, uh, you know, some of the stuff you're doing with your personal slogan, Height Doesn't Measure Heart, um, I know you have some uh, some caps through New Era that they were working on. I know, I know you're hooked up with New Era, so basically, you know, how – how did you get hooked up with them? I know it kind of started last season and um, you know, what are you doing for them?
0: Yeah, no, they reached out uh, through my agency and uh, they just kind of preached how they, they were a fan of, of what I was doing on and off the field and um, they wanted to partner and, and we partnered and I'm a brand ambassador for them now. And I'll just kind of be marketing for new era across Canada as well as, as, well as America. And something that's really special to me because that's I've been wearing new era hats I mean, since I could, you know what I mean, since whatever age I started wearing hats, it was probably six, seven. And I pretty much have everything on the B team. Like, this was growing up before I had to deal. So it was pretty special when they came to me asking me to represent them just because of I had been a fan of Era for, for a long time.
1: Did you have anything to do with the design? Because I know the the, the your specific ones, I mean, they look a lot different than other, than other caps. Like, how much input did you have?
0: I designed four hats from scratch. I designed nice. every single part of those hats. Yeah. Those four hats, um, that you see, it's a, it's a Blue Jay logo with a camo logo. It's the black hat with the six, it's a stroke show on the black. It's the gray HDMH, which is for height, doesn't measure heart. And then it's a, a, another hat, which is like kind of, kind of embodies a Jordan retro sneaker with elephant print, because I'm a fan of sneakers. So it's just those hat, man, which are very unique to myself. And, um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty special that I was able to do that. They had me come mm-hmm. in and just gave me a window to customize four hats exactly how I wanted to, and then they they, they put them, released into the public, which is pretty special. And they're doing pretty well, man. They just reordered a bunch, and people
1: are loving. Do you have any background in like fashion design or anything, or is it just something you did? No,
0: no background in fashion design. I, mean, I just really enjoy fashion and stuff and clothes and and all that.
1: Chris, I think this might be a good place to end. We, we've we've had Francisco Lindor on the podcast before talked talked all about uh his watches and his suits and stuff we've had evan longoria on talking sneakers we, you've talked a little about your stuff who do you think is the most stylish person in baseball like who do you look at and be like man i wish like i wish i was as stylish as that dude
0: i feel like baseball is lacking man uh, i actually have something in the works that i don't want to say but it'll be it's gonna be pretty cool as far as the fashionistas you, you know what i'm a fan of who i've always been a fan of is matt kemp um i like his swag man so I've, I've been a fan of him since day one. He knows how to dress, and he puts himself together very well.
1: Yeah, my wife, my wife's a big fan of Matt Camp, too. Um, yeah. <laughs> 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 those
2: Gap ads. All right, so Marcus, before we let you go, any any updates on your golf game?
0: Um, I'm I'm sitting on the fringe right now. About I don't know, about 25 yards. I got got a little band wedge,
1: and I'm gonna try to chip the car for a huge tail though. So We'll see. <laughs> well, we'll All right, we'll, well, good, we'll hang up. We'll let you get <laughs> at it, man thanks for thanks for spending some
0: time yeah K- absolutely thank you guys for having me some stereotypes I don't like about my height.
1: we are back days. on the stew pod it is time for three strikes with my main man bad news ramen what's happening
3: it's one of those days dude you know you're you're doing the grind but it's one of those days where i just have to channel rick flair you know i driving around throwing up the four horseman sign and putting up the four fingers and stopping at the stoplight, someone looks at me and it's giving me dirty looks and East Side San Jose just looks go, Woo <laughs> and You can't you can't give out that young. Know, we drive the biggest cars. We have the biggest house on the hill because we are
1: champions.
3: Alright, I think I'm ready now. I think I'm ready to go. You got
1: you you got you, you flared yourself
3: up? I flared myself up. I, I didn't I didn't Hulk up. Remember Hulk would Hulk Hogan he'd yeah, yeah, get like his yeah. his butt beat in the ring and then he he would uh, he'd get punched in the face and then he'd start shaking it off and his whole body would gyrate. Because uh, that, that guy, I, w- I want that coffee that that guy has because he would it, it was the coffee. So whenever <laughs> whenever he'd get hit and start shaking and saying and Grill Monsoons going no 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 you're not gonna do that to me. I was like man I want to know what coffee that guy has because you know, he he has the shakes going on dude in, in, in a good way. So you know, you know uh, I don't like the holster man so I don't dude. like him either. Yeah. But yeah. no listen listen. It's, it's very easy for people to say they didn't like hulk hogan but there was a time in your life where hulk hogan was the man and you wanted him to win so don't don't try to come across going like i never liked that guy when you're when you're a little boy blue in your diapers and stuff watching hulk hogan you, you used to get excited for him. <laughs> yeah i was
1: watching i was watching wrestling in my diapers that's right
3: hey you know that, that's gonna be me in about 20 30 years you know i'm gonna have diapers <laughs> i'm gonna have the depends and i'll be watching wrestling and you know, when when someone when someone does really bad in the ring, it's was like, oh, time to change the diaper, dude. And it'll be it'll be literally and figuratively at the same time. So there we go.
1: <laughs> uh, baseball time. How about that? What's
3: the baseball? No, no <laughs> I still want to talk about wrestling. No, uh, <laughs> All right. So what's
1: strike one? Well,
3: so, so strike one is going to be this is this is going to be a positive uh, three strikes, but I, I got to go a little bit negative here and there. But it, it might be positive at the end of the tunnel. Um, strike one is going to be the Freddie Freeman and. Uh, chipper jones bobblehead that uh, was reported on big Leak Stew. Mm-hmm. and it's it's where they they're, they're gonna have a bobblehead of, of freddie freeman uh wrapping his hands around uh around chipper jones as they drive off into the snow because he was stuck in traffic and um i don't know about you but i don't want anything set in stone where or on vinyl where or plastic where i have my arms wrapped around a guy and, and i have a big old smile on my face and I I might be breathing down his neck and stuff. Um, I mean, there was that one time in Fresno with me and you, but I I won't admit (laughs) to that unless, you know, someone buys me like three shots of whiskey, but, um,
1: you know, you want a a bobblehead of
3: that, uh, of, of, of me wrapping my arms around you or, (laughs) yeah, well, it's, 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 there'd be a lot of people that, that, that would want that. Um, yeah, I'm a spooner. So, uh, but it, it got me to thinking that, you know, what other bobbleheads you could, can you do? Because, uh, there's a couple like with Clay Thompson, uh, over in the, with the Warriors, how he has a ball, he's going to have a ball head with his dog and you know, that, that's nice and cute. But I was thinking like, what could you do with baseball? And, um, I was hoping you could make this happen, seeing how you're really good friends with Jose Canseco. Oh my but, boy. Yeah, he, he is. He's your boy, and you know he has those he has those steely green eyes that you like to stare at, and maybe <laughs> you would want to put uh, your arms around him and breathe down his neck. Right, uh, but he wrote in his book where he said that you know he was ostracized from baseball because he took performance enhancing drugs and then he ratted everybody out. But one of them was saying that uh, J- Jason Giambi and Mark McGuire used to go in the bathroom stall and shoot each other up with uh, with uh, steroid needles and stuff. So I'm thinking, of what better what better bobblehead that you can have that of you know uh, Mark McGuire's. Uh, rear end exposed and and even like the the needle could like bobble a little bit back and forth and you know you have Jeremy Giambi trying to, uh, Jeremy Giambi, Jason Giambi uh, trying to st- stick it in his, uh, stick it in his posterior. And, you gotta, have, uh, you gotta think,
1: have Jeremy Giambi outside, like yeah, guys what's he, going on, let me in. He, he, could be, he could be the lookout right, he could <laughs> be the lookout and, and <laughs> well, I'm thinking of him as a little brother who wants to play too, like
3: come on guys let me in. He, he could all have that sign saying, you know, it's uh, stall closed or something like that. And so it's like, I really need to go to the bathrooms. i sorry, man. <laughs> Stalls closed. Uh, but there, there's other ones. You could have other ones, too. Like you had a you had a story about A-Rod. Uh, What's it called? A-Corp or something like that. A- Corp, desk. Yeah, Yeah. yeah you, you, you could have him. Uh, you can have him sitting in front of his desk. Um, I'm trying to think. Of, A-Rod kissing of,
1: himself in the mirror.
3: That that would be a good one, and yeah. his head could bob back and forth, hit, hit in the mirror. If if you could have like one bobblehead of a baseball player in, in a uh, somewhat sticky situation, uh, you know George Brett would be a good one too, right? Him running out with his with his uh, <laughs> with his bat and saying his bat was all pine tarred up. Well, there's what, some what other, there's some other
1: George Brett stories that would be good too. I but I would go with I would go with Wade Boggs and uh, like a hundred beers around him, like Wade Boggs. Wade, bob, yeah, and his arm his arm would just go, both arms going up and down with beers, and well, an airplane and, seat. That would be a great bobblehead that
3: you you know when 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 i throw them out there you can you can hit them out of the park um <laughs> you know what we could do is also like the hal mccray remember when Hal mccray like got all mad in his office and oh, started yeah. cussing everybody out and throwing you know throwing the uh the, the computer could be thrown, being, being thrown around. And, uh, you know, you could also do like, remember in Tom Lasota in the all-star game when he got hit by the ball and he like fell backwards and everything like that as a third base coach, uh, that could be one. And they, then, they, uh,
1: you know, they make, I mean, they make bobbleheads that can do anything now. So that's what like, I'm saying. I want to see, you know, Brian Price, the Reds manager did that, that rant last year with like, what 63 F bombs or whatever. I want to see a Brian, a Brian Price talking bobblehead that just sometimes cusses. And it, like, and it has
3: it has a it has a button where you could do the record, you know, you could be beat bomb and this that. Oh and yeah. 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 yeah See, we, we have we have a feature. We have a feature in front of us. We should we should just stuff. stop
1: this and go into bobblehead making.
3: Yeah, and and I'd would, I'd would make my my first one I'd would make would be uh, would probably be like a Tully Blanchard bobblehead or an Arn Anderson one. Do like a four horseman. Why? How they do not have a four horseman bobblehead yet uh, is beyond me. But that's besides the point. Um. You could have Hulk Hogan Hulking up like we just previously discussed, so that would work too. Yeah.
1: You can have Hulk no. Hogan punching me in the face, bobblehead of that.
3: You you know we could have is, is we we could have you as as a as a precocious uh startup uh journalist uh having to write for his high school paper. Well, you didn't write for your high school paper, but as part of the San Jose Mercury News over here and having you go up to Mark McGuire and we're, we're not going
1: uh, to tell the McGuire story today.
3: No, we don't have to, but I, I'm just saying, <laughs> like, you know, he, he saying, can I talk to you? And he, he just turns around and walks away. It, it, and that can include my Sean Kemp one, too, where I walked up and the, he was so tall that the back of my head hit my neck. And I was like, hey, can I and then he just turned around and walked away. So yeah, there's there's ones we could do that. Yeah, it's it's a good business. So well, I'm gonna I'm gonna
1: keep the stewpot people on the on, on hold for like one day. I'll tell the Mark McGuire story, but I'm not gonna do it today.
3: Well, if if you do it, it has to it has to be with me. Right? You yeah, can't have yeah, I mean because you yeah. throw out you know you throw out to Swick and Swick, Swick would doesn't like, know. Yeah. Swick could be like, oh,
1: okay. Well, let's talk about. Did, did, but did I tell you about the time the Hulk Hogan punched me in the face? Uh, no, I've never I never told you that I story. Want... You've never told me that story. Do oh, I want to hear was, it right now? Oh, I'll do that one real quick. So, we were at we were at the Cow Palace. I was probably like 8, maybe 7. And he was doing his like crazy walk down the um walk down the aisle, you know. And my cousin and I, we both had like we had the the seats alongside the entranceway, you know, not not out by the ring, but like along the where they walked down. And so we were like, you know, up I think we were standing on our chairs, reaching out whatever, and Hulk just comes through and just smacks me right in the face. On and purpose? Like, no, no no. I mean he, you know how he just goes, he's waving his arms around or whatever, and just smacked me right in the face.
3: And did you do anything? I mean, you I, could have f- got I fell out of that.
1: Like I, I was standing on my seat and I fell.
3: <laughs> you're killing me, dude.
1: You're and then he went me. out and wrestled Kamala. <laughs> that's what happened.
3: <laughs> the the Ugandan uh, yeah. manhunting machine or whatever. Yeah. And then later
1: on later on somebody from security came and apologized. Oh
3: that's nice. Okay. And you're like, Oh yeah, thanks. Thanks, Hulk. That's that's why you don't the like again. That's that's why I don't
1: like Hogan. You are You're involved
3: in this Hulkin' up episode, that's yeah. Okay, yeah. That, he, that's he Hulked up on I
1: mean. my face, basically. Okay. So
3: before I start talking about uh, how Evander Holyfield gave my uh, stepmom his uh, his hotel room number, uh, let's go into strike <laughs> number two. Strike two. And strike two is, and you have to help me with this uh, lady's name. This is how bad I am because we started talking about Hulk Hogan again. I mean, if if I was ended off with flair, I'd remember this lady's name. But Jessica um, Mendoza. Yes, and you guys did interview her today, right? And you said she was really cool. And...
1: Hey, man, spoiler alert. We haven't talked about it on the podcast yet. But, yeah, we oh. have
3: a we have an interview with Jessica Mendoza dropping that, soon. That's what I'm here for, dude. Um, here Here's the thing. I, I don't watch ESPN. I, I, I refuse to watch ESPN just because I think it's a really uh, dumbed-down product, especially being on the West Coast. You really don't get a lot of West Coast stuff. Like, the Warriors won last year, and they're like, it didn't even lead the show. It was probably like, oh, yeah, hey, by the way, the Warriors won. Now, let's let's talk about – Let's talk about the New York Giants and Eli Manning and how Eli Manning stubbed his toe. Um, but I, I will give credit where credit's due because this is a, more of a positive uh, three strikes. And I'm glad that uh, Jessica Mendoza is not relegated to being like a sideline reporter. I mean, I feel bad for the sideline reporters because they have to come up with dumb stories and they have to talk to some stupid fan that has been there for 25 years and how they really like the hot dogs and how the hot dogs taste good and all that good stuff. Oh, there's sushi over here. Um, you know, putting putting someone in, in, in the broadcast booth as as a color analyst, um, where where, as a as a woman, and she doesn't have to do stupid things. Like on the MLB Network, they have two girls over there, and they always put they'll they'll put her, they'll put like the girls like in a catcher's mask and stuff, and just really do do really stupid stuff. And it's kind of it's kind of like when you take a step forward, you take five steps back, just because execs really don't know how to use talent that they have. Um, I, I'm glad that ESPN is finally doing this not because they, you know, I'm not saying, Oh, they have a woman in there, but, uh, they're letting the talent shine through, right? It doesn't matter, uh, what you are. It doesn't matter how race you are, what creed you are, what, uh, what sex you are. Um, talent will rise to the top and I'm glad that ESPN has recognized it. I haven't really heard any of her games. I heard a couple. Um, but, from what I've heard, it's it's not a case where she likes to say that she's a woman and she's in the broadcast booth. You know, she she comes with some with some good takes, and uh, I'm I'm glad she did. I, I yeah, she kind of want right. to know what you think about it.
1: Well, and since we mentioned the interview, I will say like the interview is really really good. So watch out for that. It's probably dropping soon. Um, and she she's very insightful, very intelligent, very well spoken. Uh, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of hers. I mean, you know, when we're compelling when we're comparing her to a lot of the announcers they had in there. I mean, Cruck and Chilling. Like I thought she was a. A breath of fresh air compared to those guys um, you know she she told us she's like I you know I wasn't perfect or anything like I, I definitely could do better um, but I, I think that you know she one thing I liked was that she didn't she didn't always make it about herself which I feel like a lot of play uh, analyst guys try to do a lot of times like it's just kind of talking about you know they're using the game as a way to pigeonhole into the stories about themselves and like she's just kind of you know actually talking about you know what's going on in the game and like analyzing what's going on and um, I, I, you know, I, I enjoy that. Well, it, it
3: shows that you know. She said she wasn't perfect. I mean, not everybody can be like you, right? I mean, not everybody can be like you on top of their game all the time. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say that I wouldn't mind, would mind seeing Kruck. I wouldn't mind seeing Kruck as a sideline reporter and and having him <laughs> try to talk to people. Um, if if he could kind of follow what uh, uh, Chris Farley did when he used to make fun of him in, in Saturday Night Live during like the weekend update and stuff. If if that could be the John, that type of John Kruck, and he has to talk to some uh four or five year old kid is his first baseball game and crook walks up to him and the kid's like scared scared half to death and crook has to make something out of it uh that i think that would make it a lot more interesting but uh you know mendoza good for you and uh let's get into strike number three strike three and this is a you guys wrote a, a bud Selig story i'm just you know i'm just pulling tim, pulling tim brown from... tim
1: brown wrote that Not so let's just give credit where it's due okay Our man so tim what, brown. it wasn't...
3: But it was on Big League Stu.
1: It was on Yahoo Sports. It wasn't on Big. Oh,
3: League Yahoo State. Sports. But yeah. you guys incorporate. I, I saw it. On, I saw it on your app that you can download right now if you yeah. search yeah. Uh, Yahoo Sports on iTunes. It's, it's a, a Yahoo
1: course. Sports story. So it's our man Tim Brown. He's 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 great. Shout out to him. You know, I wanted to. I you know,
3: I, I read the story and it's it's talking about how Cilic found new life and he's he's coaching a uh, coaching. He is uh, teaching a class for university in baseball and, and i had all the jokes lined up right it's like okay this is how when, when you're in front of national congress and this is how you look thoughtful you have to close your eyes and put your hands next to your face and really like act like this is bothering you or how do you mess up an all-star game and <laughs> in order to fix it make it 100 times worse or how can you just like totally ignore the steroid era and then throw everybody under the bus even though you probably knew that all these guys were doing it but i really can't do it i mean Selig for, for better, or for worse. And most of the time it was that worse. I think I had a problem because I had to cover that stuff where, uh, they had the, the Senate hearings and stuff and I had to pull pictures and I looked through like 500 photos of Selig looking like all insightful and thoughtful, uh, kind of like you do when, uh, when I say, Hey Mike, can, can I put my arms around your stomach again? Um, but <laughs> the thing is that the, you know, baseball increased in popularity, uh, with him under it, uh, maybe under some legal or illegal reasons, uh, And at the same time, you know, I was like, you know, my my first like throwaway catchaway line was like, hey, how to be born into money and uh, be totally inept in what you do, but still be pretty successful and get a teacher, get a, get a job as teaching college.
1: But left, left a backhanded compliment here.
3: But yeah, well, that's what I was going to say, because that's, that's what I do. Right. Uh, But he, you know, his, his parents were were immigrants. Uh, They pretty much came from nothing, you know, into this. Country and they became very successful. Uh, Selig didn't—he didn't inherit any money. Uh, he became—you know—he worked his way up. He became a minority owner. Owner and you know Milwaukee loves him. Um, so I really can't say anything like that. I just—I just you know I'm, I, before I trash him, I'm just going to say you hey, know you know but Selig, good job you know you you're a successful person. Uh, the only reason why I'm bagging on you is because I'm probably not successful, so I want to shoot you down like everybody else does for the most part. But I really want to be on that class. I, I want to see. You, how uh how he teaches that class right i mean because at the same time it's like he was the owner of the milwaukee brewers and it's not like milwaukee was any really great shakes they probably like what won one world series under him but um yeah it'd be very interesting to to be in that class and me and you could be in that class and we could do what we used to do when we were in college and used to make fun of our political science teacher all the time so um I just kind of, I just, you know.
1: I, I like how, I like how this is like, this is a positive thing. I'm going to tell you all these things I would say about Buttsy League, but I'm not going to say them instead. Good job, Buttsy League. Yeah, good, good job. I mean, I don't like you. You suck, but <laughs>
3: <laughs> you came from, you came from nothing and you're, I really want to see how uh, bad you te- I, I really want to be a part of your class. Uh, and that to see, how, ramen, to see how bad, to see how bad you'd probably teach it. And you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna spend 25 grand to 50 grand a year to take your class. So I love, I love uh, how
1: you roll, man. I love it, it. it better
3: be bad. I love, I love it.
1: All right, this has been Three Strikes. We'll be right back with more Stew Pod. Thanks for joining us. Bad news. Uh, see you next week.
3: And watch out for Hulk
1: Hogan's fist, brother. Girls these this. Girls, Back on the Stew Pod, the Yahoo Sports Baseball Podcast. My gosh. Chris Swick. I was going to announce you. I was going to say your name. Nope. No, I beat right. you to it. All all right. Sorry. Hey. Uh, so as as happy as um, we've been in certain parts of the show today, I do think uh, it's been kind of a sad week in the in the like pop culture realm. And I know two people that probably I think were important to your life. I know you were a big David David Bowie fan, right? And uh, yeah. Alan Rickman, he's the Harry Potter guy. You like Harry Potter? I
2: do like Harry Potter. How are you holding up, man? Uh, you know, okay. No, I think, uh, the Bowie thing that was, uh, I mean, I don't want to like overreact and make you think I was sitting in a dark room crying, but But that was sad. I, I got into David Bowie pretty hardcore, I don't know, two years ago maybe. And I just kind of spent a whole year listening to most of his catalog. And I think, I don't know, everyone's kind of already given their takes and I obviously didn't grow up with him. I didn't have maybe that that big moment where you know I can remember my first album was a David Bowie album because that just wasn't the era I grew up in, but um he was just consistently great for a really long time and that was kind of super impressive and I think when someone dies I don't you you think about that stuff a little more and you consider their legacy and He's leaving behind a hell of a legacy. It's really impressive. And I don't, I don't know if you're a big David Bowie guy or not.
1: Um, not a, not a huge in sense of like, you know, I have a bunch of his music and, and listen to it all the time. Like, I certainly respect like his influence and like what he did and, and like, I don't know, I understand the, the gravity of his death and, and, um, you know, what he meant to music. So I definitely appreciate it in that sense. Um. But I'm not, you know, I, I grew up listening to hip hop, man. So right, oh, yeah, I think... But but Kanye, Kanye loves some David David Bowie. So you know, yeah. But but no, I, but I do appreciate just from like a from an artistry standpoint, the idea that like he was able to reinvent himself so many times mm-hmm. and do all these things, which is which is, and if you look at hip hop for instance, like that's not something they're able to do there. Like a lot of rappers fall off because they're not able, after you know, the, one or two albums, they're not able to kind of you know transition into something else and i feel like that's something he was always able to do plus like he was he was bold and brave and and you know did those kind of things that um in the music industry which is often very very safe like you know those those those, those people aren't uh, aren't the kind of people you want to take chances on you know like but he he established himself in a way that he was like yeah whatever david bowie's going to do yeah let's let's you know let's trust him And, you know, the the music industry as a whole is so micromanaged that if you get someone who, um, you know, if they're able to trust you to go out and do all this stuff, then that means, you know, you have to have it really going on. So that's kind of what I respect about him.
2: Yeah, and it'll come as no surprise to you that uh, I started listening to David Bowie because he basically influenced every band I like, all the hipster music I listen to. So I was like, man, I should probably start listening to David Bowie. And now... I think you know one of the things I've definitely noticed, and that's resonated with me, is listening to his last album, which came out a few days before he died. Uh, you can kind of see that influence come back. So, like, you know, Radiohead has obviously been influenced by David Bowie, and then listening to this album, you're like, "Whoa, that's that's a Radiohead drum beat right there." That's so the, I don't know. That's been interesting to me to hear it all beforehand and now. Just his recent stuff and how it compares to all the people I, I really love to listen yeah, to.
1: Yeah.
2: We've gone on about David Bowie for a while. <laughs> I I feel like now we're bringing it down. But a few quick things on Alan Rickman. Yeah, I mean, he he was a really great actor.
1: Um, he, oh, so he played Harry Potter, right?
2: He did not play <laughs> Harry Potter. I know, I'm just, I'm just kidding. He played Severus Snape. That's, that's a no, callback I mean, to my
1: lack of Harry Potter knowledge, people. He,
2: you know, um, I saw i saw a fair amount I, I think everybody has seen multiple alan rickman movies whether they're aware of him or not and it it always seemed to me like he was uh he elevated the movie he elevated scenes he was in and so uh that you know that's sad too it's a sad loss
1: yeah so those those things happened um uh, what else is happening in the world right now 49 hired chip kelly like are as you we, excited about as we're that? recording this um I don't know. I mean I feel like the, the head coaching world of, of football is so weird. Um for anybody who's just kinda happened into this, I'm a I'm an fan, Chris is a Bears fan, we talk about this every once in a while. Um I don't know. I mean I feel like it's it's a better hire than like Jim Tonsula was. Like I you know. I mean they just <laughs> gave that guy a job, so I mean I can't I can't be too mad at it that they hired that guy last year. Um uh, you know, I I feel like Chip definitely has some challenges, but like let's just remember, a couple of years ago he was a pretty sought after sought after guy. Um, I think you know he could be good, but I kind of just stopped watching football for a, a lot of portion this year just because it was so it was such a mess, and there's so much other stuff going on. And I don't know, like we'll see. I mean, I will say it's at least it's at least interesting. It, it's gonna make it's gonna make that show um, that that forty nine er show that's going on a lot more intriguing. So we'll see what happens there. Um, maybe Kaepernick is the guy again. I don't know.
2: Are you predicting Kaepernick to the Pro Bowl next year? Is that no? Is that no I'm doing? not
1: predicting that. But I'm just saying, like it seemed like he was, you know, peace out. But maybe he's maybe maybe they have a place for him now. I mean, under Chip Kelly, maybe that makes sense.
2: I can't uh, wait, man. I can't wait to talk about this eight months from now and see how <laughs> you're holding up.
1: So we 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 got to go on the the hip hop side of things, man. What did you think of uh, the big hip hop track of the week that dropped? And I'm not talking about Kanye's Friday thing. I'm talking about the Brad Dassey rap. <laughs> uh, the, well,
2: should we? We should probably explain. Okay, Brad Dassey,
1: Dassey is point. the the brother of brother uh, half brother, right? Half, Ooh, I don't know. I think he's half brother of uh, Brendan Dassey of of making a murderer, fame, infamy, whatever, whatever word you want to use there. And uh, he put out a rap song. Saying that his brother and and Stephen Avery didn't do it, and it is, uh... is—it's not good. It's it's really bad. Like it's it's really 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 bad. Like, yeah, really bad.
2: He, ri- he rhymes Minnesota with soda. I know that's your favorite bar. <laughs> it's a good bar. <laughs> but I have I, I've expressed this to you already. But I'm a little disappointed because in Wisconsin you don't say soda, you say pop. So I feel like yeah. he's not being authentic to his roots there yeah. when when he drops that line
1: go go pull it up people if you want if you're into making a murder which we've talked about a few times on the show um go you go pull it up listen to it it's not good rap man not
2: good rap. if you can make it past you have to make it to what where was the minnesota soda line For, like, like 30, 40 47 40 seconds something. or something yeah so some. it, make it to that part and if you really hate it by then you can turn it off but you got to get to that line
1: i'll say this i've heard jeff passing rap before jeff passing oh, rap's better yeah. than that guy
2: well, that's terrifying.
1: <laughs> just saying, man. Just saying. <laughs> uh, I uh, So, important question time. Should we do our A-Rod Corp important question? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So we talked about A-Rod Corp at the start of the show. Chris wrote a whole blog post about A-Rod Corp, and A-Rod apparently just has this this corporation. We don't know what it does. We don't know who else works there. We don't know the hours. We don't know much about it. But we both agree that it would probably be pretty cool to work there. Um what would be your dream job, Chris, if, if A-Rod came to you and said, Hey, man, you can have any, any old job you want at A-Rod Corp., what would it be?
2: Man, this is a tough question. I, I got the best answer, by the way. You do? Yeah. See All right, you put me on the spot here.
1: <laughs> I, 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 I didn't it. set it up, though. I just thought of my answer right now. I just thought should of it. You
2: go first because I don't have a good answer off
1: okay. the top of my head. My, my answer is I want to be the head of security. okay. Mainly because I want to, I want to have, I want to have access to all the, um, all the cameras. I want to see all the comings and goings. I want to like sit there in my little security room and look at, have like the, the thing with like you know forty different screens, and just see all the people. I want to see all, all that, all that happens at a Rod Court because I just want to know. I have so many questions, and like I want to know if, if Derek is rolling in there on a Tuesday to go to lunch. Um, I want to know if. If his cousin, his cousin in jail. If his cousin's not in jail, I want to see if, if his cousin's rolling in there and, and begging for a job to be the janitor or whatever. Um, you know, I want to know if, if Zach Campbell is, is on the payroll somehow. Yeah. Like, like, yo, man, go out and find me all the home runs you can. And Zach Campbell just, you know, grows in there with like a handful of home runs and just gives Arod all the balls. Like, I just want to see all that stuff. That's what I want to see.
2: Okay, I'm gonna make up uh, a roll that I, I don't know if it's a real thing or not, so that, that's up to you to determine. But I want to be the documentarian. Uh, and what I mean by that is A-Rod's launching A-Rod Corps, I want to be the person who documents that rise of, of the corporation. So, taking pictures, getting maybe some interviews with A-Rod. You want to uh, be like so the director
1: of communications?
2: Yeah, like when he puts out the, uh, the promotional video. Like I want to be behind that. And then I feel like I could use that to my advantage because I'm getting all this stuff. I could I could hear his real thoughts on, mm. like, Derek Jeter. You know? and, so, and,
1: then, and then when you get fired for not being good at your I, job... I can write my tell-all. You, you can write your tell-all book. I think exactly. that's a good call, Chris.
2: Yeah, so there you go. I'm going to be documentarian, which may or may not be a real thing. <laughs> uh, I made it up. But oh. I think Arod would like... Uh, that initiative, that I made up a role for myself, and he would hire me based on that.
1: Like you would essentially be the person who took the A-Rod Corp photo, right? The fo- the, the Twitter yes. photo, that were like, who took yeah. this? Oh, Chris, the, the, the documentarian. The official yeah. A-Rod Corp documentarian.
2: I think it should happen. I know A-Rod's listening to this because... He listens course, every week. Uh, yeah. Consider this my
1: application. Well, I think he'd be uh, stupid not to hire you, so... <laughs> Take that for what it's worth. Well, I think we've had a we've had a, a fun and, and eventful stew pod. Thanks to uh, Marcus Froman for joining us. Thanks to Bad News Ramen. Thanks to Chris for hanging out with me a little bit. Thanks to you guys for for getting this far into the show. And uh, we'll see you next week. Oh, oh, Chris, gotta tell the people what's what's their duty.
2: You should rate and review us on iTunes. You can do that by well, first off, if you subscribe to us, it should be easier. But you could also search pod. And we'll pop up. Write us a nice little note. Give us five stars. Rate and review. Rate and, and review. I remember the song from last week. I, I know, it. and I think I think that's it. That's all you have rate to do. It's not even that hard. It takes thirty seconds
1: of your day. This has been the Stoopid. We'll see you next week. Bye later, girls. These days, girls.